I want you to make a hundred dials right now. To them, to most 95% of salespeople, that is a terrifying proposition. Yet the reality is like making a hundred dials is, is like one of the safest, it is one of the physically safest jobs that you could possibly do, right? Welcome to Data-Driven Selling by the Sales Insights Lab, the podcast that helps reps and business owners generate more meetings and close more sales at higher prices. All right, welcome to today's conversation, which is around cold calls and prospecting calls. I'm here with Coach Tiffany, who's the head coach of the Sales Insights Lab. Tiffany, psyched to be here with you. Excellent, excellent. Awesome. So let's dive right in. Cold calls. Hmm. Obviously, there's so much to be said on this topic. What's your first piece of advice that you have for people around cold calling right now? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing that anyone who's making dials can keep in mind is the fact that the loss is really one-sided. So if you're calling somebody and they get pissed off at you or they're just like, absolutely no way, and they hang up the phone, you get to go and call the next prospect on your list. And the people that you got pissed off at you are still stuck with their problem. So keeping that in mind really would always help me and my team continue on to that next style. Yeah, it's a hundred percent true, right? It's like, and I'm always fascinated by this because it's like, we're so afraid of that dial to go quote unquote wrong, right? Where it like things get weird or, or the person says something really mean, but it's like assuming that what you offer actually improves the lives of other people or their company, then it is their loss to end that conversation. I mean, obviously assuming that they're a fit and not everyone's going to be a fit, but it's like the right people who just end the conversation, that is to their detriment. And it's a really important mindset that we have around making prospecting calls, which is that we are bringing huge value. And when they don't see that value, it's not just on us, right? It's on them for not seeing it. So I love that one. One that really, I think, and it was driven by what you just said, which is that we have to remember that they cannot hurt you. So I think this is one that like is so important to remember. I think of prospecting as entering into a video game or, or some kind of like a VR experience where it's like they literally cannot hurt you. Which is amazing because when you tell someone, oh, I want you to make a hundred dials right now, to them, to most 95% of salespeople, that is a terrifying proposition. Yet the reality is like making a hundred dials is, is like one of the safest, it is one of the physically safest jobs that you could possibly do, right? Exactly. And you know, it's interesting because every time you make a dial, you respawn, you restart the game. The people that you're calling next don't know what happened on that last call. You can be a completely different person basically and really nail it on that next call. Yeah, it's it's so true. It's it's like if it were a video game, it would be that like every time you quote unquote lose that round, you immediately go on to the next game with a different person who has no idea. It's almost like playing poker online where it's like you're just kind of like moving on to the next group and it's like they the person the people that you're in with the new group have no idea what happened in the last one and it's like you're just moving on. And so I think it's just we just have to remember that like there's basically there's certainly 100% there's no physical downside. And there's really no downside in general right? I mean, even if you just blow it on a prospecting call, they're not going to remember. They're not going to be like, oh, Tiffany with the Sales Insights Lab said this. They're just, they're going to, they're not going to remember who you are in 10 minutes. 
So I think that's just, it's so important both in terms of mindset, but also in terms of just the way we approach this to remember that the downside's so low and that can create so much confidence. Exactly. So what else do you think? I think having a solid script was a total game changer for me because when I didn't have a script, I would kind of call and just not know. It's like jumping into a game and not knowing what game you're playing or how you're going to play it. Once you have a script that you can rely on and it's solid, then you're going in with this structure that you can lean on and you don't have to kind of support the entire conversation with whatever pops into your head. 100%. It's crazy. You know, now, God, it's been like 20 years and I've been a believer in a script from basically day one. And it's crazy how many people push back on the idea of using a script when you call because they're like, oh, well, it makes me sound scripted or it makes you sound scripted. It's like, that's literally, like, think of any good TV show that you watch, right? That's not reality TV, but it's like actually a scripted show, right? It's literally by definition scripted, right? Homeland, you know, we're watching this Vikings show right now. Like, all of these shows are highly scripted. They don't just go to the actor and say, hey, why don't you just kind of like say something along these lines? Like, that's just not how good writing works. And so the key to being, to using a script is to be really good at it and not sound scripted. Like if you or I are using a script when we make calls, which we do, we don't sound scripted. That's the power of it because we A, don't sound scripted and B, we have a structure. Whereas I promise you, if you listen to any call of any salesperson who makes a prospecting call and is not following some kind of a pretty tight script or format, they are going to be all over the place. Right. I mean, it's just it's crazy. You know, it's one of the reasons why improv is different than anything else, because you have to think on your feet so much. And what I find is that having a script makes it so that I can concentrate on what my prospect is saying and listen that much better. And we really need to be able to listen and hear their challenges and their take on things and ask the questions that matter. Yeah, 100 percent. And just I mean, the example of improv is interesting because even if you ask experts in improv, these people are following a process. Now, they may not have a physical script, right, because they physically have to react to every situation that they don't know, but they're following actually a very formulaic process. And of course, any stand-up comedian is basically 100% scripted. So yeah, I think that's super important. The next one that I wanted to share was around this idea of making cold calls in the first place. Now, there are obviously some caveats to this, but the reality is, is that in today's world of selling, there are so few salespeople that should be truly making a true cold call. We have so many tools to warm up that relationship. So obviously, you know, one thing that we talk about in the Sales Insights Lab is this idea of following a prospecting blueprint, which means that use all the channels, all the mediums that you have to reach out to someone. So email, LinkedIn, you know, any other kind of social platform, maybe the mail, phone, all of these different things and put it together in a well thought out process. And so that way, by the time you actually get them on the phone, they're so much more likely to know you. I think actually, Tiffany, you're a good example of this because I think as far as I know, you were making true cold calls and then you switched to the prospecting blueprint in your own selling. And that obviously had a, a pretty big impact. So how did that change for you? It was huge because I can make dials and set appointments, but I went into the prospecting blueprint because I found that it just created so much more value and so much more structure around the activities surrounding prospecting that it completely, it blew the roof off my numbers when I started using it. And that intentionality, and again, that building of value where the prospect starts to understand, hey, this is not going to be a time waster conversation. It just means so much to them. Yeah. It's also creating context for the call, right? So it's like when someone actually does pick up, you know, 
if you make a true cold call, there's no context for why you're reaching out. You're just literally cold calling, right? It's literally the face-to-face -face equivalent of just knocking on someone's door and being like, hey, I'm in your neighborhood. What we want to do is create context for why we're reaching out to someone. The because, I'm reaching out because is really powerful. And so, you know, being able to essentially say, I'm reaching out to you because I had sent an email that said this and that. Do you remember receiving it? Now there's like, we're creating this context and there's a good chance that they actually remember receiving the email. Even if they don't, that's not super important, but we're creating that context. And by the way, the other thing is that we also get leads and appointments and opportunities just from the email or from the LinkedIn outreach or from, you know, whatever it is. So it's like using these, it's only making whatever we're doing that much more efficient. Absolutely. And I think that the intentionality of it, in you're taking a prospect down a pathway at that point. And I think that sometimes there's a tendency in sales to just want to get to the end and get to the offering, get to the, here's what I have and things like that. And the blueprint really helps to create this pressure, this kind of plot line around the challenges that they have. So it, it also, it's not just a matter of the blueprint and the sequence, but it's what's included in those messages and the ways that you touch out, that you reach out. Yeah, totally. So what else is on your list for prospecting calls and cold calls? You know, to some extent, it's important when you're going in with a set goal for the week to remember that it is a numbers game and that every no that you get, every person that you talk to that it's not a fit, it gets you one step closer to that yes. And being okay around that sensation of no and not equating that to rejection of you as, as a human being on this earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the best analogy is like baseball or something. And again, I know you're not like a huge sports person, but like baseball, I think is a good analogy because I think in sales, we think if we have a bad prospecting call, it's almost like embarrassing, like we did something wrong or something. But it's like, that's not true. Like there's no person who can make 10 dials or get 10 answers. And as a result of those 10 answers, get 10 appointments. Like that's just not a realistic thing. You know, the best prospecting callers calling on the most targeted list, you're still going to be, if you're one in 10, you're doing great. I mean, if you're one in, you know, two in 10, you're, you know, just knocking it out of the park, right? So it's like, it's like the numbers shouldn't be, you shouldn't be batting at 100%. And that's how baseball works too, right? It's like the best batters are at 300% or, you know, they're batting in that kind of like, uh, not 300%, they're hitting three of 10. So it's like, that means that they're striking out still like, seven times in a game and they're still the best baseball player that has ever lived or whatever it is. And that's how I think sales, we should look at sales is like, we're going to strike out. And that's part of the process. And by the way, there are just some people you're going to call on that aren't a good fit. Maybe your research was wrong. Maybe they're just like, they're not dealing with that right now. It's not a priority. You know, it's like, there's, it's like, you know, as a sales training company, we could call on someone and be like, reach out to them about, you know, potential sales training. And like, if they're just, if their team is absolutely crushing it, you know, they've already got a system in place, like, okay, you know, chances are they're not a fit, but there's nine other people that we could call on that would be a fit. Exactly. And I think that almost brings us back to the scripting concept because it's so hard to tell without a proper script, whether they're not a fit or whether they're just trying to push you off the phone. And that's one thing that I wasn't really that prepared for because I thought everybody, you know, 
I thought I was just getting, I don't know, honest responses. And it's not that prospects are bad. It's just that they're being defensive of what's theirs, their time, their attention, all of those things. And you need ways, and this is where why I love having a script so much, you need ways to handle those things so that every time you're not going into it and kind of brainstorming, like, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do next when this comes up? Yeah. So give an example, though, of like something that would be, seems like legitimate, but is, is in most cases a smokescreen. Yeah. So I think that one of the smoke screens I get a lot is like, oh no, we're fine. We're all set. That's great. Right. And most salespeople are like, oh, okay, great. Well, you know, can I call back in three months to check in? <laughs> I was like, wow, there are a lot of people out there that just don't need what I have to offer. When in fact, that was a defense. That was a defense that said, I don't, I'm not sure whether we should continue this conversation, or I'm not sure I can trust you with all of my challenges. And then we use really structured way of approaching questions so that we can demonstrate value very early on. And I think that that really helped me to get to the point of not just taking what the prospects say at face value, but helping them to go deeper and see what's going on with their challenges. I totally agree. Yeah. It's like having those contingencies in place is so important. And one thing, you know, I was explaining to one of our SDRs the other day is like, there's really only, let's say in the first 10 seconds of a call, right? George or else, you know, Tiffany, Mark Wayshack here did a kitchen in the middle of something. There's only like five realistic responses that you can have, right? I mean, it's, it's a pretty simple decision tree. It's not like there's like thousands of different responses here. When this is an improv and you're saying, okay, you know, tell me the name of a person and there's like 10,000 different names that someone can throw out. Like you're literally like, there's five options. So it's like in so many ways, it's not improv at all because it's like we can be prepared for every single option. You know, someone can be like, yeah, what do you got? They can be like, yeah, it's a bad time. Can you call me later? Right. Never call me again. There's like there's just so few responses at every point in a prospecting call that it's very different than other parts of sales. And so as a result, you can really script out that whole thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, if you do get somebody that's like, I hate you, never call me again, <laughs> then, you know, I used to take that so personally and be offended by it and think that, oh no, maybe I did something wrong by calling. And now I'm just like, wow, I feel bad for you. Like you must be having it tough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's such an important mindset. All right. So let's talk about power dialing, because I think this is something that you know, you mentioned that it's ultimately a numbers game, right? So like, even if you're the best prospector, phone prospector in the world, which you probably are, right? It's like, you've got to just do enough activity. So kind of share with maybe what a power dialer is and how you use it in your prospecting. Yeah. So a power dialer basically goes through the process of calling a set number of people that are on your CRM's list. And it goes through number after number. It'll usually allow you some time to take notes after the call if there was a pickup. And the magic of a power dialer is it doesn't let you get caught in that space between calls of, let me go look up the prospect more. Let me go make a sandwich while I'm doing this. You know, let me go get a coffee. It's going to call the next number. And it takes what is normally, I, I'm from the days before the power dialer and the space of dialing in, like pushing the numbers to get to that next call was like, that's where you would lose so much time. And all of that is handled. Yeah. So, I mean, you can literally go from like, I think a, an efficient prospecting caller using a phone or a cell phone or just like a, some kind of like a dialer on your computer. That's not a power dialer. Like you can make 20, 30 dials. If you're not having many conversations in that same scenario of 20, 30 dials with a power dialer would be like 60 to a hundred dials in an hour. 
And that's huge, right? Because it's like so much of prospecting is not getting through to someone. <laughs> There's a really cool scene in, oh God, what was that movie? Pursuit of Happiness. I don't know if you've probably seen it because I, I think I've shared that a few times. But like yeah. where Will Smith, it's a cool story about this guy who kind of works up from, from nothing in, I think of like selling stocks like banking space in New York. And so he like basically creates his own physical version of the power dialer in 1980, which is that he like doesn't get water. So he doesn't have to go to the bathroom. He doesn't. Exactly. He, as soon as he hangs up the call, he starts dialing the next number. So he's like creating this. And as a result, he was able to like make twice as many calls as anyone else. And so now with a power dialer, I mean, a power dialing session is so powerful, right? So it's like, if you can, the science basically shows that humans can focus for about 90 minutes straight, right? So like 60 to 90 minutes straight. So like use that time to just be on the dialer for 60 to 90 minutes, then take a break, go for a walk, like have a conversation with your spouse. If you're working from home, like do what you got to do, but like being efficient in that one hour to 90 minutes and just dialing through, you're going to accomplish more in that one hour than like anyone else that you know could just make dials in the entire day. Yeah. And the power dialer means that you're not over-focusing on what happened during the previous call, right? Right. So if somebody was rude to you, or even if somebody was awesome to you, there is that chance that you're going to overthink it between dials and like really sit there in that space. And I'm 1000% for reflecting on your progress and your sales process and how you do, but that's for after your dial time, not during your dial time. And if you don't move on to the next call, you're losing, and this is really the way I think of it, you may not get to that those extra 20 calls in an hour because you were overthinking it. And now somebody doesn't know, somebody who needed you doesn't know that you exist because you were, you know, futzing around between calls. Totally. Cool. So anything else on your list? I think we pretty much covered everything. I think the biggest thing to keep in mind is it's okay if people get upset at you because it's not about you and it's not about what you're selling. And even if they're upset at you because of the way that you phrase something, that's them responding to you in your role as a salesperson. Like you still get to keep all of your dignity and self-worth and your capacity in and of yourself. So just going in there fearless and really made of titanium, that's really what can be a huge help to making sure that you hit your daily quotas. Yeah, and, and I think something that I would say spinning off of that is, and we've talked about this before, is that really we've got to remember that every no is getting you closer to that yes. So it's like, you're going to get no's. That's just part of the process. And again, it's like if you were like an alien coming to Earth, watching someone making prospecting calls, and you didn't have this kind of natural, innate fear of making dials for some reason, you'd look at it and be like, oh, this is so easy. All I have to do is just like pick up a phone and talk to people. And some people say no, some people say yes, and that's it, right? It's like, it's we just got to remember that like a no is okay. It's great, actually. And it's like, it's just getting us close to that yes. Yeah. And it's really about, you get to define what that no means to you. That's your choice. Yeah. And to some people, what used to be for me, that no used to mean, no, you can't have your dreams. No, you can't have the success you're looking for. No, 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 no. Now that no means, oh, okay. So I got that no. I'm going to check that no off the box. And I'm now one step closer to that yes. Just bringing it back to that point. 100%. I love it. All right. This was awesome. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on cold calls and prospecting. This was fun. Totally. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for listening. Want more tactical advice on selling? Register for our free video training on the five-step formula to closing more deals without price pushback, think it overs, or ghosting. Simply visit closing.training to get instant access. That's closing.training to get instant access.